my name is Brian Martin and you are listening to Season 3 of the Running Technique Tips Podcast and we're up to Episode 5 and this season we're talking all things cross-country and road racing and training and as always, I'm talking with Lisa Biffin via Sydney. How are you going, Lisa? Oh, look, not bad. I'm sitting here. I've got the massage cream out and I'm uh, I'm massaging old lady calf. So. Old lady calf. I thought I was the only one with OLD syndrome here, but it looks uh, like you're catching up with me. I'm sadly catching up to you. So I, uh, I had a, a professional massage today, which I do mention that I do enjoy quite a bit of. And now I'm, I've got the self-management going as well. It's just not the same, though. Surely you wouldn't want to be touching it after you've had a professional torture massage. You'd be icing it, wouldn't you? Oh, maybe, but it's winter. I don't want to be going near the ice. (laughs) Fair enough. Okay. So whilst you're touching your calf, we're going to get on with recording. Apart from your old lady calf, you're you're on a down week this week. Yeah. No, I know. It's sort of – it's – is it good timing? I'm not sure. A, a niggle. I'm calling it a niggle, not an injury. Is ever good timing? Mm-hmm. But look, I actually felt it last week. So you know, plunged into the darkness in winter. We've got my Iron Man or Iron Woman light on, and on a Tuesday night we train um, still in the, the park that I train at, uh, but because it's pitch black, we're training on the roads. And I love running on the roads, but. I don't know your thoughts around this going from, you know, when it's summer, despite I love running on the roads, I actually don't race on the roads and all of my training is done on grass tracks or athletics tracks or nice soft paths and then we're launched into this darkness and it's then straight into longer reps on the roads and, Mm. yeah, it seems to be a bit of a – an injury trapper. I don't actually know how we, we change that unless I relocate somewhere that's sunny. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, uh, yeah, I, I think you're right. Well, even though I haven't been doing big Ks during the weekend, as you know, I've had to convert to running in the dark early in the morning because of my newfound commuting lifestyle. <laughs> but yeah, I have found, especially towards the tail end of this week, I did start to feel it in my legs a little bit, the fact that I'd been running on the road for three days during the week. Yeah, so, uh, you know, it catches it's just that, up. It does, yeah, mm-hmm. you know, obviously with the just that firmer surface, you haven't got that nice yielding um, little bit of give that you get when you're, when you're off the road. So, mm-hmm. yeah, all in all, just a, a little bit more going on. Well, I think um, that was it, yeah. So I did some hills four by – they're about 470 metres, the hill. It's quite a, a steep climb. I actually love running them. It's one of my favourite sessions. And then on the Wednesday, headed out for my longer run and just got some – you know those injuries where, and especially with your calf, it's not like a ping, like a hamstring or a, a sharp jab. You just feel this tightening, like someone slowly mm. strangling your calf muscle. <laughs> Mm. So strangulation of the calf muscle occurred on Wednesday. (laughs) Well, that sounds similar to what happened to me and just before the marathon last year, which is, you know, it's a distinct difference to someone actually tearing a calf, which they would feel that as a a very sharp um, ping in the calf. Yeah, and it's a weird one because I can actually run through it. So I I was actually Mm -hmm. on my way to getting a massage on the Wednesday when this happened. So I still got in 16Ks and got the massage and then on the Thursday I didn't have this tightening and then I I did another big session of 4 by 1200s. I felt amazing. I was running them 
all in 340 pace or sub 340 pace. And then we headed up to the Blue Mountains on the weekend, which was very luxurious, and uh, did a park run on the Saturday and then ran a trail called Narrow Neck on the Sunday, which they use for the UTA 100, I believe, the, the big famous oh. trail race down um, down here. So they had sort of leveled out the surface and it was absolutely immaculate. It was stunning. So I w- it was sort of like I was running on the moon. I, I didn't really feel much at all. The, the surface was just so giving or forgiving. It was amazing. So I ended up running 20Ks an hour 49, which goes against everything that I said that I was going to do <laughs> recently. But like hip and everything pulled up okay and then sort of headed into this week and then that strangulation of the calf started happening again. So have been either in the pool or as you would probably really enjoy, I attempted Alter-G and uh, technology let me down, the machine broke. So. Uh. <laughs> I uh, I got a grand total of one kilometre, so um, I haven't done a whole heap this week, actually. We're up to Friday, so I think I've run 20Ks over five days. Sounds like the Alter-G, for me, the Alter-G breaking would be a blessing in disguise, <laughs> I think. It just saved me from having to run on that thing and looking like a, a slug <laughs> on a treadmill. <laughs> I was actually really like looking forward to it since I got told that you could have the Foxtel up there. So I had that set up to a little movie was on and had the earphones on and I was thinking, right, I'm, I'm going for it today. And uh, the, the machine just wasn't going to play. So it's um, been a bizarre week. But uh, as I said, I could run through this, but I just feel as though it would just actually end up making it so bad, I, I, I think, this is my theory, that I would end up instead of needing, I've actually had two days off. Like, let's be honest, two days is nothing. You know, two days, yeah, versus two weeks so or two months potentially if this got worse and worse. So we'll see how it goes tomorrow. I'm planning to run in the morning, but it's all calf dependent. That's entertaining for me. The shoe is on the other foot. <laughs> <laughs> I, know. I know, and I was going really well. And as I said, this sort of coincided with my down week. So there's a part of me that's going, oh, well, you know, whatever, <laughs> scheduled anyway. And then there's another part of me that's secretly happy because it is just getting so cold and dark. So yeah, just... en- enjoy it. Yeah. En- enjoy the break. Your yeah. body probably wants it. It probably does. So, um, yeah, not a great deal uh, to report on, on this side for me. But what about our weekend warrior down there in Ballarat? How are you going? Going pretty well. So week two of full-time work and commuting yielded 52 kilometres and two gym sessions. So what? I was just hit, hit it out of the park. Oh, wow. You've, so, was that inclu- Hang on, that was last week. That was last week. Yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah wow. Yeah. yeah, sorry. Were you talking about this week? Whoops. No, no. I, I blended <laughs> mine together because... Okay, was, you did a blended report. <laughs> Fair enough. It was a continuation of sort of great and then not a lot. So, yes. Um, but, yeah, so last well, week, 52. Yeah, 52, which I did three runs during the week, so three very early runs in the dark of sort of between six and seven kilometres at around 5.30 kilometre mm. pace. Are you enjoying um, that? Like is there a part of you that uh, goes, this sucks, or are you that person yeah. that goes, how good is this? I'm living and I'm up and I'm awake. Look, to be honest, there have been a, a few days, particularly early on in those runs where I'm just like, what the hell am I doing? 
out <laughs> running in the dark this early in the morning. But um, I found especially this week that I've probably started to get used to it and get into it a bit more. And it's actually quite nice to be running sort of disembodied out in the dark. And yeah, that's a friend from the Federation Uni in Ballarat who used to talk about the fact that she used to really like that sensation of running in the dark and Mm. just being a bit detached from everything. And look, it's not completely dark, obviously, because I'm just running around the the streets with street lighting, but it does have a slightly different feel to it than uh, your everyday running. So yeah, just slowly getting into it and enjoying it and, and just sort of narrowing down a couple of interesting routes to run and what I've I've figured out that there's a couple of loops that I can run which start out on well-lit streets, but as the sun just begins to start rising, I can take in, you know, a couple of kilometres of on the path off the road, and that's kind of a, a good good change-up where I can get off-road and get on back onto that sort of granite sandy kind of surface, and mm. there's even a section of about sort of uh, 800 metres, which is, which is on some nicely... Well, not nicely cut grass, but on some cut grass. So yeah, there's a there's a bit of a light at the end of the tunnel, I suppose, at, at the end of those runs when the sun comes off. So, Have you got yeah, any fellow go early birds that you've befriended? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> I have actually seen a. a I've seen the odd little running group running along with their lights uh, and whatnot, but uh, no, I'm, I'm quite happy being my own little solo animal at that hour of the morning. Oh, I, I, look, I, don't I think you'd really want to, you'd really wouldn't really want to talk to me at that stage. <laughs> and let's be honest, Ballarat winter at five thirty in the morning is not the nicest uh, place to be. I'd probably prefer my bed and doona. Any day of the week. Indeed. <laughs> Fortunately, I'm not running quite that early. I am walking the dog at that time. But, um, yeah, I usually get back from my dog walking and get a coffee on the stove and probably head out for my run just after six, which is working out pretty well for me, which meant that I, I think I'd actually managed to get out about 20Ks during the week, which is a good step up from last week. And then rolled into Park Run, met up with some of the usual suspects down there and jogged around with my old running buddy Andrew Clark from uh, Eureka Athletic Club days. Which and park we started did you get to? In Ballarat. You've been yeah, to Ballarat. Just at, okay. Yeah, just at Ballarat and he claims he hasn't been running but I, I think he's been doing a bit of secret training because um, <laughs> we started at, we ran the first K in 5.41 and then it went 4.43, 4.39, 4.36, 4.36. So it was a 24.37. Average heart rate for the whole thing was 141, but the last couple of Ks at the that 4.36-ish pace was, yeah, 153 heart rate average. So it was almost ended up being a little mini threshold session, but on the lower end of the, of the threshold scale. So, mm. yeah, it was a good run. And then a small group of us went around the lake for about a 6.5K run and... That was done at around average 5.15, 5.17 pace. There were some slightly slower and faster Ks in there. An average heart rate was, was 139 for that. They claim that that's real easy and real slow, but that's really, <laughs> really on the... On the uh, it's on the upper end of what I would describe as as easy, slightly slightly faster than easy for me at the moment at least. But I was pretty happy actually to to get a one thirty nine average heart rate out of 
5.17 average pace after already doing 5K, so yeah, I must hey, be what, half half fit at the moment. What is your – because you were going to play around with your heart rate numbers based off what your watch had sort of given you as a yep. max heart rate based on the yep. that latest 5K all-out effort. So that would nearly be in aerobic now, wouldn't it? It, it is according to my new calculations. So, yeah. Oh, well, there yeah, you go. Was, you are fit. You're travelling I am well. fit. Yeah. Yeah. I, I am, <laughs> I, yeah. <laughs> I am quite fit despite the fact that I haven't run a whole lot of Ks and doing all of this other stuff. So, yeah, that's going quite well. And so that led me on to Sunday. And last time I was talking about the fact that I'd been working myself up to trying to do this big loop out in the forest up at the Dalesford High Performance Centre. And this week I summoned up the courage to run the loop that I'd kind of semi-planned and I was a little bit scared of (laughs) what I might find because I haven't been over that ground beforehand. And what ended up happening was it wasn't quite as long as what I thought it would be. I ended up running for an hour and 51 minutes, which is which is a fair whack of time, which yielded slightly over 20 kilometres. Mm. And my average pace for the whole run was about sort of 5.30-ish. And yeah, average heart rate for the whole run was 142. I think it indicated that it was quite hilly. So there was probably at least 250 plus meters of climbing during during that mm. but it's it's kind of a run that I broke into three sections and I actually just hit the split on my watch just to kind of so I could have a bit more data about um, how the run kind of unfolded and the first nine kilometers I just tried to stay aerobic and stay on the couch so that was kind of like at 5:30 pace which is actually going all right because there's a fair bit of climbing early on in that 9k and that was at 136 average heart rate and then I kind of got to the bit where I ran beyond um, where I'd got to the week before and turned around and come back and started heading out into unknown territory which basically resulted in five kilometers of almost straight up climbing. Yeah so Um, when you said at the start that you were a bit unsure as to what you would find do you mean like terrain or people or wild animals? (laughs) Terrain most terrain mostly but yeah I did see a few few animals both wild and domesticated out there Um, and some of the human variety as as well as well during that so yeah there's some strange people out there living in the forest. So one of them. <laughs> yeah, and yes, and I am one of them. Um, yeah, and so that five k section, I actually averaged five forty kilometer pace. There was definitely some slower kilometers than that during that, where it was a bit steeper. But overall, that was pretty good going. Averaged one hundred and fifty heart rate through that section. Uh, I think the the highest my heart rate got to was one sixty during that section and there was some pretty steep hills Mm. so I was fairly happy to just to be able to kind of tick that off and I just concentrated on not blowing myself up and but just sort of maintaining a solid strong effort up the hills without sort of really pushing it too hard Um, and I could definitely kind of feel it in the you know in the hamstrings and in the glutes that I was working pretty hard to push myself up those hills so that was kind of rewarding and then I kind of crested the hill and then it was sort of like six kilometers back to back to the house and that was at around 515 
kilometre pace with a 146 heart rate average. So, yeah, it was a pretty good run, actually. Solid. Like, it was, I definitely felt like I'd worked a lot harder than I had the week before, where I think I ran about 18Ks. But I just did that out and back. But putting that loop into it and having that 5K section of climbing, that really increased the level of difficulty of, of that run. So, I'll have to be a bit careful of that one in the future because it's probably not one that I would do after doing a race um, mm. a bit too hard for that i was um, gonna say are you gonna venture back out into that territory or were you totally <laughs> scared off uh not scared off it, it was is you know it would be actually be easier if you ran it in the other direction so that's a that's definitely a possibility i could run it run it in the opposite direction and it would be a much easier not a completely easy run but it would certainly be a lot easier because that 5k section would be downhill and i'd have a bit of uphill early on but um yeah then sort of flatten out and down to the finish but yeah it sort of opened up the options as i get a bit fitter to add some other sections on that i know and i could end up with like a pretty brutal 30 30 plus kilometer run that i could do over that loop plus add a bit on so i've got plenty of territory to explore as i get a bit fitter heading towards marathon later in the year and yeah really enjoying running in the forest like it's yeah it's it's a it's a lot easier to cover that amount of time and that amount of ground. Oh, it's uh, so easy. The Spending the time in the Blue Mountains on the weekend and doing that run, it was just, I was just so happy. I think I put, actually put a post up on our Instagram page and I was just literally in the wilderness in my happy place. Yep. And you were. Yeah. Oh, it was, it was really beautiful. So you get that daily. I have to trek an hour and a half. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah, looking forward to doing more of that. And look, the, I think the, the funniest thing I saw during that run was there's a section sort of about eight or nine k's into that run where the forest sort of opens up into some open farmland and you know some days where you just think you're having a bad day and I kind of looked out into the paddock and I could see this poor cow that had obviously put its head (laughs) under another cow (laughs) it's just (laughs) covered in cow shit and I thought yeah that's like one of the little commentary on life when you're having a bad day (laughs) I thought I'm having a good day out here, but that poor cow, he's, he's just copped it sweet. Oh, only in the country. Exactly, only in the country. <laughs> yes. Would you see that? <laughs> it was oh. it was definitely a meme in the making. If I'd pulled my uh, my phone out and taken a photo, um, I probably could have got some viral traction on that one. Yeah, well, I tell you what, running, I don't run in the bush, but uh, one lunchtime a few years ago I went for a jog and – uh, there was a, some lovers having a bit of a rendezvous in the park. Oh, I no. was jogging past. I'm not sure who got more of a shock. <laughs> That's not what you want to see. That's mm. not what you want to see. So mm. I, haven't, I haven't run that path, path again. <laughs> yeah, scarred for life. Oh, dear. Anyway, so 52Ks for the week. And how's the body? How's that going? It's, it's actually pretty good, uh, I think. And look, this is sort of creeping into this week. But towards the end of this week, I could start to feel it a little bit in the body, but jumped into the gym and done a restore, restorative gym session. And yeah, look, I think everything's actually going all right. There's no, there's no old man calf and no runner's knee. Um, things are actually ticking along pretty well for me. Yeah, and what sort about of surprising the mindset? Because the last couple of weeks you've been in that sort of new job stress bubble. Uh, are, we, mm. are we starting to come out the other side of that? Yes. 
nice. yes, uh, things are starting to normalise. Uh, yeah, kind of mastered the mastered the commute and got a bit more used to it. And it's just sort of feeling like I'm heading back to some sort of equilibrium. So yeah, just that little section where you've just got to tough it out and yeah. force your way through. It's a bit like getting fit, really, isn't it? It's sort of like yeah, you have that <laughs> have that six week period where running doesn't feel that great when no. you're starting from scratch, and yeah. then after a while you get used to it and you get fit, and all of a sudden you can deal with it again. Yeah. So will we see you on the start line because there are a couple of good races coming up for you. Yes. Look, ones. I'm planning. I'm planning to do the lap of the lake in a couple of weeks' time, so that'll probably be the, the next race. So that's that's the immediate one on the radar, and the and the one after that that I'm planning on doing is that Athletics Victoria XCR race at the winery close to close mm. to here at Murnion. So yeah, that'll be interesting, and I'll. Uh, yeah, I'm not quite ready to segue into a, into our topic of cross country training sessions, but yeah, I'll definitely be looking to in the next couple of weeks do a couple of those specific cross country sessions in preparation for that uh, course at at the winery because um, as we understand it, it's going to be pretty challenging. Mm, it looked pretty challenging. And actually, I think Inside Aths on their socials, people should look them up, have put up some beautiful photographs of um, some cross-country shots. And I think St Anne's is even in some of those. And some of those climbs and mud puddles, they look fun. Yeah, I actually haven't seen those photos, so I might go and look that up after we, we get off. Um, yeah. Not sure that'll be fun, Lisa. <laughs> I said that with a smirk, knowing that I wasn't going to run it. So, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I can sit here in my glass tower and throw stones. <laughs> uh, very good, very good. Well, uh, we've got a, actually got a listener question. Do you want to have a quick, quick chat about that now? Yeah, definitely. Let's do it. Let's do it after this. So. Listener Phil Hall has uh, he just said shot me an email during the week and uh, said that he'd started just started listening to the podcast and he was enjoying it. So that, so that's a bonus. That, that's a bonus listening and enjoying it. Yes. Um, so listeners, if you are listening and you are enjoying it, please please email Lisa because she gets a great sense of validation and satisfaction <laughs> to know that people are listening. <laughs> it's not just me bemoaning to you each week. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So Phil is. We won't give his age away, but he's he's a similar age to me and he's just started running. He's always been quite active and he's really enjoying his new running pursuits. He's completed a 10K road race and also a 11K trail run. And what he's kind of wondering is basically that sort of where to from here kind of question mm. um, and what he should sort of focus on for his next training plan so i guess i guess that's a that's a thing that you know runners we all sort of think about you know once we've mastered a particular distance whether that's 5k or 10k you know what, what's next do you try and get faster at that distance do you go down and try and run faster at a shorter distance or do you go up and phil is sort of contemplating going up at the moment so sort of thinking maybe I start training for a half marathon or maybe a 25k trail run and he's just sort of throwing it out there and saying well what should I aim for and what would what would our thoughts be on that? So yeah, do you know maybe, what? Maybe I'll, maybe I'll let you have first crack at that one, Lisa. I I love this question because I found myself in this position sort of at the end of last year, having done the marathon, and you know I'm such a big planner. What is next? 
What I can say from experience and having spoken about this, uh, I think two weeks ago, is if you do want to go up and you want to start to to tackle that marathon, and, and Philly's even talking about some trail runs, which you know are quite challenging as well. You need to be mentally prepared for it. You know, going out and training for a five k or a ten k, and even to a some degree a half marathon, you can get through the training. But a marathon and beyond, it's it's honestly a commitment, and I don't know Phil's yep. personal circumstances. Well, uh, I'll just jump in there because he is a, he's he hasn't mentioned the full marathon yet. He's talking about the half or the or a twenty five k. So, yeah, okay. So yeah, he's yeah. obviously fairly he's obviously got his head screwed on the right way because <laughs> he's not looking to to jump immediately to the marathon. Yeah, well, that's good. I mean, definitely, if you are um, thinking of going up to those big distances, it's like it's it's not just the tra- training effort it's the mental effort too and if you've got other commitments work and family etc it also takes a bit of a toll on those so yeah that, that's my advice if you're going up to the really long stuff you've got to be in the in the right headspace for it but do you know I think you could if it is sort of that 10 to half 10k to half marathon range and it's on the road I'm not going to delve into the trail world because I think mm. that's a different world and again depending on if it's just nice undulating trails or whether you've got crazy climbs and technical bits I think different training is required for that if you want a performance element of it but I think you could marry up a, a plan that has a 10k in it that does enough training to allow you to maybe have the half as the like the final um, pinnacle of that training program so you know it might be a 12 to 16 week program and you you have a 10k maybe halfway through that as as a bit of a performance see how you're going and then continue with some um, additional longer stuff towards the tail end and build into that half marathon I don't think I think they're quite similar like I don't think you need to choose between them it's not like you're running a 3k Mm. and a half marathon that is sort of separate training that's my thoughts where's your head at for that well I'm gonna go in the opposite direction (laughs) good (laughs) as you might expect (laughs) I'm gonna sit and I'm gonna suggest to Phil that perhaps he doesn't try and go up to the half marathon or longer at this point so he's still a new runner and he's had some success in that. He has actually he hasn't mentioned how fast he's run at the 10k, but um, probably doesn't really matter um, at what level he's at. I still think there would be benefit in Phil considering going down to the 5k and using our favourite park run hmm. style events to set himself a challenge of running running a good 5k PB before he embarks upon training for the, for longer distances. And, you know, it does, does sort of get back to that thing about, you know, everyone says that if you're a real runner, you run marathons or really long stuff. And I resisted the urge to run a marathon for a long time <laughs> and probably for good reasons, given the, the fact that I've, I've now underachieved at the marathon now that I've attempted it a couple of times. But there is nothing wrong with uh, running 5Ks or even shorter distances. So I think there would be some benefit in training for the 5K. You've certainly got to work harder on strength and technique to run a good 5K. And you also have the added upside of not potentially exposing yourself to some of those uh, overuse injuries like your ITB runner's knee type syndrome. So 
I, I reckon go de- go down for a while and uh, see how that plays out for the next sort of maybe three months or so, and you know see how see how good you can get at five k fill, and then reassess after that. And if you still got the urge to run long, yeah, maybe email us again, and uh, Lisa will put you on on the pathway to the marathon. <laughs> <laughs> what are your thoughts? Because he does toss up the trail run because he had done an eleven k trail run as well yeah. as his ten k. Um, my personal viewpoint on that is they are quite different um you still have people that obviously do both but uh you know maybe as a newbie and if you want to start to get you know performance as your main uh, driver to compete or, or to do the events I, I would just stick with one rather than the other unless you're using one as a training run yeah that's what i was thinking i mean the 25k is a that's a pretty long run still so but if he was doing that in a he could do a 25k race and just treat that as a, a very long run as part of his sort of 5k training program. Yeah, I do um, though. I just have depend- that caveat of the the surface. Like if I think about that yeah. 11k mountain run that I did, and even the the UTA yeah. course that um, I was just running on on the weekend, the where I got to at the end, the, the group I was running with said, oh, they actually climb down this ladder <laughs> and then go oh, across God. this little rock yeah. face. Okay. And I thought, oh, that's not for me at all. So, um, No, me neither. And- well, let's put the caveat on it of um, if it's a friendly trail, <laughs> <laughs> that would be okay. If it's not a friendly trail, then maybe forget about that for now. Yes, exactly. Well, hopefully that answered uh, the question, Phil. I'm telling you to go long, but Brian is taking the more conservative, as always, approach and looking to get faster over the shorter build up and uh, come back and chat to me then about the longer stuff for a, for a plan. Yeah, that's right. And and look, you know, Phil's obviously a very intelligent man because he has said that um, we'll probably say that it's his personal choice, <laughs> which it is. Um, but yeah, it was certainly there's two different pathways that you could you could choose there. So uh, see which one takes your fancy and 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 go for it from there. Mm. Right now, topic of the week. Key cross-country training sessions after this. So, Lisa, the rules of this game are I think we're going to toss out our three favourite cross-country style training sessions each and make the case about why people could potentially consider adding something like that into their program. Mm, And I'm going to say that the three that I'm suggesting, I'm terrible at two of them and (laughs) (laughs) it's not to say that they shouldn't be done, it's to say that I avoid them because I'm not very good at them. (laughs) Yep. Okay, well that that's fair enough. So do you want do you want to go first? Should we take it in turns? Yeah, definitely. All right. So my first one, uh, and I actually enjoy this particular session. So it is doing either a, a fifteen hundred meter or two kilometer loop, and you do it, you know, two maybe three times depending on your fitness level, and and have about a two minute break in between each of your repetitions. But the loop isn't just running around nice oval a few times or around a you know big outside of a of a park. You need to replicate a potential cross country course. So you might start um, and you've got to run up a sharp hill and then take a a really hard left around a tree and then run on a camber for a bit and then turn do a U-turn around another tree, run down a hill for a bit and then maybe across a flat and then finish 
up a bit of an undulating, uh, maybe even throw in that you've got to jump over a couple of, um, <laughs> of, of divots and then run to the finish. So you're getting used to replicating cross-country courses and not getting into rhythm running, and which, you know, I love rhythm running, but cross-country is sort of about getting used to being uncomfortable. And that old saying of get comfortable being uncomfortable. So, you know, doing a, a, an effort like that anywhere between sort of six to 10 minutes, if you haven't got a measuring tape as well, and having a couple of minutes break and then doing that two or three times. And it's really tough. And, you know, those sharp turns get used to trying to push out of the turns. I'm yeah. terrible at doing that. Um, Me too. But gosh, you can well, but you can lose some distance, which I'm very good at doing when I go when I plot around those turns. But geez, you can gain some um, some distance on your competitors if you learn how to. I guess it's a bit of a technical skill, isn't it? Turning around trees or on a U-turn and really just powering out and surging out of them. So Absolutely. Well, my strategy of going around corners, given I corner like the Queen Mary, is to basically <laughs> get my get my uh, chicken arms out wide and if I'm going to be slowing down, then everyone else has to slow down behind me. <laughs> that's, that's one way to not lose too much ground. But <laughs> oh, So that, that would be um, one of my sessions that I would recommend. What about you? Well, I'm going to put up the uh, hilly long run as my first session. So I guess the reason I'm putting that one up is because that's what I've been doing over the last few weeks. And um, where where I've sort of encountered shorter rises and I'm not kind of already on the limit, I've sort of been incorporating just some little, little mini surges just to, to get myself up and over some rises um, with a little bit more strength and pop and bound in my stride and those kind of they're just hilly long runs and and again just adding in those little little surges is a really good uh, strength builder for the legs as well as just general fitness and yeah because you're out in the as I've been doing them out in the forest or on the trails as well you've got lots of different surface changes mm. and undulations and you've got rock you've got slippery mud there's all, all licorice all sorts out there so it's definitely a good general conditioning for the body for the rigors of the cross-country season and something that you don't need to do at a really high heart rate either so um, you can you can kind of do that mostly aerobic and perhaps on some of the longer hilly sections you might sort of pop over or if you do a little surge you might heart rate might spike up for a bit but then you can kind of just ease off and get back down into your into your happy long run zone after that mm, i like that one i do like long hilly long runs and i'm going to continue on the theme of the long run for my next suggestion in that uh, i tell me if you do this i certainly do i love doing a long run and i just sort of get lost in my mind and find myself again rhythm running and on these beautiful manicured paths just sort of sort of lap after lap of wherever i am but for cross country and i have actually done this in the past and i sometimes can't always mentally take it because i do like to switch off on that sort of sunday long run but take yourself off onto the you know the the, the beaten track I suppose and just go down that little ditch and run around a few trees and just break it up like don't do it as aggressively as sort of the, the session that I just mentioned but sort of similar to what you were saying before and that just get used to different footing in don't just keep running on perfectly manicured sort of surfaces and really just test out 
like your peripherals as well. You know, how, how does your ankle and your footing feel underfoot when you're running on some different surfaces? And again, you know, you're not doing it at pace, so you're hopefully not risking too many injuries, but you're getting yourself accustomed to that uneven terrain that you are running over at cross country. That sounds very idyllic, Lisa. I like the sound <laughs> of that. <laughs> I can imagine you like, <laughs> yeah, that's a bit of an almost gathering flowers in the forest kind of run. I like it. <laughs> Try that out on Sunday, Brian. <laughs> Yeah, give that one a go. Okay, all right. Well, I'm heading into long, longer, longish. Let's let's call them longish threshold intervals with hill surge included within the interval. Oh, so, nasty. Mm, what I'm thinking here is probably something of a minimum length of about 800 meters. And, you know, depending on how fit you are, you could maybe include, maybe build these up to about a mile in length. And the idea would be to try and run pretty close to your anaerobic threshold. So for me, that'd be kind of up at about 160 heart rate. And I don't know where the ideal place would be to put the hill within your 800 meters, but let's say it was at four or 500 meters, for example, if you had like a a 100 meter hill that you had to work up, then all of a sudden, if you're kind of maintaining your pace or at least maintaining your effort levels, um, that's going to really cause your heart rate to kind of spike up. And really the goal for the session would be to be able to kind of get used to. And, you know, as you mentioned, it's not about rhythm. Mm. And if you're just running on the flat, yes, you can run very close to your threshold and just kind of maintain that. But when in cross country, you're going to be encountering hills. So you do need to get used to your heart rate popping up into the red zone and then being able to kind of manage that and hopefully get it a little bit under control and if not get it back to threshold get it close to that so yeah a challenging session that one and i've been looking for an opportunity to um to do that one and i might even try and do that tomorrow and just sort of report back on the the various pain and suffering that causes but i think that would be a good sort of simulation <laughs> for, for racing uh... Oh, it's true though, because that's, you know, cross country to me is such a challenge of pain and suffering. You put that really well. Like there's, you know, you're up, you're down, you're uneven surfaces, you're on the side. It's, uh, I find it just an absolute, like I turn into a head case <laughs> trying to yep. run cross country. And, and in that session, you really got to practice kind of riding the limits. So, you know, you don't want to completely blow yourself up because if you do that, you know, you're done. So this is just a, a good one to kind of really touch into the red zone and try and get yourself back down again um, into a manageable effort level that you'd be able to sustain for the rest of the race. Yeah. So, so and, yeah, look, I'd probably take some good recovery in between those intervals um, because it's probably hard enough as it is. So might even be like a full jog back recovery, a very slow jog, um, and have a walk if you need to. Mm. To get over one. your pain and, and suffering. <laughs> yeah, exactly, and try, try and mentally prepare yourself for the next one. <laughs> well, my last one, uh, it's, it's going to sound like a little bit of fun, but I can categorically say that uh, this is my weakest link when it comes to cross-country running, and that is running downhill. I'm mm -hmm. a really strong uphill runner. You know, I, I go along the flats pretty well. 
and I get passed by just multiples of people on the downhill and it's, you know, it's a skill. Like it's not just a, oh, great, I get to the top of the hill and I can just fall on down, which is pretty much how I race cross country. It's, you know, a real art of how to attack those downhills, get your legs to turn over, but also to a point where you're like, you're not working, you're able to get your body moving so well that um, that momentum and you're working, I guess, with that downhill momentum and you're actually working past people and uh, you're running on um, down and through and over the hill. So I'm awful at doing it and I don't actually think it's practised enough. I don't often mm. see many groups do it personally in training groups. Uh, it's something that we've never really done a lot of and I think it's quite undervalued. I agree. And look, I think there's, I reckon there's two aspects to downhill running. One is just better runners tend to be better downhill runners overall, I have noted, um, <laughs> from my long career of being passed by people running downhill. Um, definitely the the better technicians seem to be able to cope um, with running downhill better than uh, some of us who are probably a bit more plotty in nature. So that's sort of one side to it. And I think, yeah, practicing running downhill fresh would be part of that in terms of trying to sort of master that technique and I think the other side of it is in your training and especially in racing is to not blow yourself up on the uphill because if you do that you've got very limited chance of being able to run downhill with any kind of control or skill (laughs) Um, so I think all of those times where you know I was putting it to people running uphill because that's the only thing I could really do effectively um, and people were passing me on the downhill. They were probably being quite smart in managing their their effort levels and, and keeping a little bit in the tank for when they crest the hill and then they can run down the other side with a lot more purpose and, yeah, a lot less risk of injuring themselves as well. Mm, I think you nailed it with uh, control and skill. I lack both of those on the downhill. So uh, yep. <laughs> it's definitely an area of improvement for both of us. But what's your final? one brian give us the sixth session okay so the final one is basically a mini version of the the previous one i described so i'm going to just describe this one as a short to medium hill rep with an acceleration over the crest of the hill and then a maintenance of speed on the flat to the finish of the rep so one of my favorite sessions that i've done in the past is to run up a hill that is well do a rep that's about 400 meters in length and the first 300 meters of that is directly uphill and then the last 100 meters flattens out onto a plateau so this one again is a good chance to practice you know a really solid effort running up the hill and then being able to run over the top of the hill i don't know whether you've experienced that in races like it's just that temptation when you crest the hill to actually back off oh that's me um, at so every this- cross country race to the <laughs> you want to yeah, look pretty- at someone how not how to run cross country come and watch me run a cross country race <laughs> exactly so so th- this one is a really good one so after you've run 300 meter up- meters uphill you're already pretty tired right mm. so this is a good one to actually practice um maintaining your form and running really strongly for that last 100 metres on the flat after you've already um, fatigued yourself running up the hill. So it's a bit of a, that's definitely kind of a lactate tolerance type of session as well. So that's actually probably a good one to sort of pop in into the track season if, if you're planning on running 1500s or miles or 3Ks or something like that because it just does allow you to practice running fast and running good form when you're already basically uh, well well over your anaerobic threshold. So 
yeah, do that one sparingly because it was a pretty hard session. And again, full recoveries for that one. So walk, jog back down the hill nice and slow um, before you head off and do that one again. And I wouldn't suggest doing a huge amount of reps of that one. So you really have to be guided by your own fitness. But yeah, I, th- I think at the moment I'd probably struggle to do about four of those. <laughs> You just said before you were getting fit. No, oh, I know, but there's a difference between getting fit and doing that session and being able to execute it really well because, uh, yeah, I don't think I'm quite that fit. Oh, very good. Well, look, I think six good sessions to go out and try just before or during a cross-country season to try and make yourself become a, a better and a stronger cross-country runner. Exactly. And look, we should should say that all of those, you wouldn't attempt them out of the gate. If you haven't been doing any running, you'd want to have a good sort of six to six plus week base of uh, steady running under your belt before you started adding in some of those weird and wonderful sessions that we've just suggested. Mm. So proceed with caution. So what are we doing for the week ahead, Lisa? You coming out of your down week? Yeah. Well, pending old lady calf, I was absolutely going to come out of the down week and back into sort of my 75, 80K week training. I don't have anything sort of that exciting coming up. I've got a cross-country relay next week, which is always a bit of fun, uh, 4K in distance. I, I quite enjoy that event. Yeah, look, nothing, just just training. I'm actually just really enjoying training at the moment. Like old lady calf aside, I'm feeling quite fit and I'm actually just at that point where, you know, every run that you do, it's just so easy and I'm holding on to this feeling because I feel like it's taken me a year and a half to get here. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Enjoy it while it lasts. (laughs) And I know that there's light and shade throughout all of, you know, your, your fitness journey, but I'm absolutely in the light at the moment and I just, I'm just loving, you know, given a session and get told to run a time and that just feels too slow and I'm just sort of gliding along. So um, I am feeling good. But, hey, I do want to quickly give you an update on my heart. Um, oh, yes. yes. So I went back to my GP and finally got in touch with the cardiologist and the cardiologist basically said, oh, everything's fine, you just have an abnormally high heart rate. So I... I'm personally not convinced um, of that diagnosis and I I am going to go and seek out a second opinion, um, probably seek out maybe a sports specialist. That is actually who I had to go and see the last time as a sports specialist. That's a tongue twister, sports specialist. Uh, And I, I say this because of just, again, just how I'm feeling when I'm trying to sort of do those VO2 max type of sessions. And admittedly, I'm not doing them at the moment, but I just seem so peculiar that I can be running along really well and then my heart rate will go from 140 to 210 um, within the space of 10 seconds. And I, I feel like I'm about to have a heart attack. So it's... It just yeah. all seems a bit too peculiar and um, I think, yeah, I'm not satisfied. Weird. No, from my deep knowledge of um, cardiology, I'm not satisfied <laughs> either. <laughs> but, yeah, it does seem strange because you know, there, there hasn't, well, there doesn't, from what you told me during the week, there doesn't appear to have been any accounting for the symptoms that you were experiencing alongside the high heart rate. No. Like if you were just having a high heart rate and there was nothing else you didn't you felt fine then then yeah that would make sense but 
given the fact that you felt short of breath mm. and, you know, felt a bit trouble. dizzy. Yeah, yeah felt yeah. dizzy and, yeah, had some other things going on. It just, I think second opinion sounds like an excellent idea. Yeah, so I'll, um, that's what I'll be sort of starting to seek out over the next couple of weeks and, yeah, sort of you know, going down this journey of just trying to, I don't know, work my way through the vortex of the human body. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and the healthcare system because, yeah, sometimes yeah. you just have to be your, really have to be your own advocate because mm. sometimes you won't get a satisfactory response and you have to just keep chipping away and until you find the right person who, who has, has the answers. Yeah, very much so. And, look, that's what I had to do last time. And, you know, in uh, um, I'm not saying that the cardiologist at all doesn't know what he's talking about, but I think it's tough. When I was going through my heart issues quite a few years ago, me as a person, I think I, I present as quite a healthy you know, as a healthy person, I'm, you know, incredibly fit and I look well and, you know, I don't have a history of um, illnesses or any of those sorts of things. So I guess from sort of surface value, it's sort of like, mm, you know, you're not struggling to walk up the stairs and having a heart attack going up three flights of stairs. So it's not an open and closed case. Mm -hmm. uh, it, there is a lot of sort of problem solving and digging. So uh, I think if I go back to the conversation you and I had at the start of the year where I was really hesitant to go down this path yeah. because I, I just knew that it, was going, it wasn't going to be a really simple, quick, easy fix. Yeah. There's going to be a lot of soul searching and there's going to be a lot of second guessing and, you know, like this conclusion, not necessarily satisfied with the end result. So I'm back to square one, but I've been here before and uh, I feel like it's Groundhog Day. <laughs> yes. Oh, well, keep chipping away. I think you'll find the answers eventually. Yeah, I think so too. But um, have you got anything exciting coming up? You're doing Lap of the Lake, I think I heard you say. Yeah, that's not this weekend. That's going to be the weekend after. So I think what I'm going to try and do this weekend is get in one of the sessions that we just described maybe on the Saturday oh, and nice. sort of follow that up with perhaps a not quite so hard long run on the on the Sunday and that'll be my weekend warrior duties mm. um, coming up. And, and, yeah, the week ahead will just be try and get out a sensible amount of running early on in the mornings, running in the dark in Ballarat. Oh, nice. Well, I've actually got my daughter's turning five tomorrow, so. Wow, that went quick. We, oh my gosh, you know, that is, that just means that I'm really old, so <laughs> not quite as old as you, so I'll keep hanging around with you. <laughs> <laughs> so we've got a five-year-old birthday party. It's going to be just like sugar and craziness, but it'll be fun. Excellent. Oh, that sounds good. So um, keep your snout out of this, the sugar trough. <laughs> no, don't want you to have another major relapse. Oh, I know. When I'm saying that there's going to be a sugar-fueled party, I'm probably going to be the leader of that, uh, <laughs> that pack. You're going to be the one doing the fueling. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Uh, very good. All right. Well, we better get out of here before any more Friday night craziness ensures. And yes, we'll look forward to catching up uh, with all of uh, your adventures and mine next week. You have been listening to the Running Technique Tips podcast with Brian Martin and Lisa Biffin. Catch you next week.